Welcome to Sunday Schmooze with Rabbi Mendy Kievman from the Chabad House Jewish Community Center on Cedar Street in Milford. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a stimulating discussion of news and humor from a Jewish perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Rabbi Mendy. Good morning, Shavua Tov. I hope you had a good week. Pesach in the rear view mirror. And we're back here on the Sunday Schmooze. It's been a little bit of a, a hiatus. Okay, maybe I didn't say that correctly. We're going to go right into this. Peter, is that a correct word? Um, between Purim, Israel, Sikid Shabbaton, the Chukyu, and Pesach, we haven't been coming to you in some time. So, welcome back. We're going to do a show today. I said, you know, we got to do it no matter what. But it'll probably be a little bit of a shorter show today as it's getting late. Um, and a lot going on today. Today is also Hebrew school since we had the Passover break. Uh, today's the first day back for Hebrew school. So, as I said, there's a lot going on, and I just wanted to touch base with you to hear how your trip to Israel was. We can even go back till Purim. How your Passover was. A lot has happened. In the last number of weeks. So, for a little recap. This year, in honor of Shnas Hakel, the year of Hakel, the Purim theme was Purim International. We had loads of different kinds of foods from different countries. People dressed up in all forms of uh, attire representing countries from around the world. We had a great magic show, and a blast was had by all. But right after Purim, we headed on our community trip, another Hakel event, a gathering event. We went on a community trip to the Holy Land, to the land of Israel. We did that 
as a community locally here, together with communities from around the country, for a total of 800 people, 800 Jews, mostly from around the United States, but some from other parts of the world, joined us in the land of Israel in the beginning of March. On the way to Israel, Rachi and I stopped off in Marseille, France, where Rachi grew up. We spent a beautiful Shabbos there together with her father and the community. Rachi enjoyed, obviously, being back to her childhood home. And for me, it was nice. I haven't been there in a long time. And it was nice to uh, practice my French. We spent the weekend there. Followed by that, we flew to Israel directly from Marseille, which is a short flight. It's a fairly close. I think it was a three-hour flight. Maybe it was four hours from Marseille to Israel. When we got to Israel, we met up with our group. Some of them, or most of them, were there already from before Shabbos, and we spent a beautiful eight days together in a great trip. We, we toured the length and breadth of the land of Israel. There were days where we were all together. There were days when we uh, separated, and each one chose a different track to go on. There were many, many highlights. Uh, you know, I could talk about Hebron. We went to the Hebron, the, the city of our fathers, the land that Abraham bought 3,500 years ago. It's where he's buried with the other patriarchs and matriarchs. And while we were there, we danced through the st- streets of Hebron with blasting music from, from the top of a van, and all 800 of us danced through the streets with a Torah that was being dedicated in a shul in Hebron. That was a highlight. There was a highlight when we went to the Kotel on Friday night. There are thousands of people at the Kotel every single week on Friday night. Now add together our group of almost a thousand people, and the ear, the aura, was electric. The singing, the dancing, the camaraderie. That was a highlight. There were many other highlights. Going to visit Shiloh, where the first temple, before even the temple in Jerusalem, the traveling temple stood in the, in the city of Shiloh, Obviously, walking through the streets of Jerusalem, the very steps where millions and millions of Jews have walked every day for the last 3,300 years, and especially the millions of people who came during the years of Hakel. They came to the temple to hear the Torah being read by the king of that time, men, women, and children, and those same streets, those same sidewalks, that same ground, that holy ground we got to walk on for almost a week. That's a highlight. And then there were two major programs close to the end of our trip. There was a banquet and then the goodbye dinner. Both of them were filled with 
amazing, amazing speakers. People from the Knesset, people from uh, from the uh, chief rabbinate of Israel, and another highlight was witnessing history happen in front of our eyes. See, in 2006, there was a an Israeli pilot, well, an Israeli helicopter that went down, and the pilot of the helicopter, the burning helicopter, was miraculously saved by a member of the Magain David Edom. That's the, the uh, star of Israel, Star of David, uh, Israeli ambulance service. And he was pulled out and he was rushed to the hospital, pulled out of the fire, rushed to the hospital and was in a coma for a while, eventually came out, was told that he'd be paralyzed for the rest of his life. But he didn't take that news lightly and he decided that he was going to do something, paralyzed or not, he was going to do something with it and eventually started playing uh, tennis um, in, a, in a wheelchair, r- rising to the point where he was part of the Paralympics, and he won the gold medal for the people of Israel. And he completely transformed his life. He became a motivational speaker, and it was beautiful to watch him get up on stage in front of our group, standing on his own two feet. He had these special crutches that helped him stand up there, but he's finally able to stand on his own two feet and walk with crutches. He was a true inspiration of never allowing the hindrances in our life to act to actually hinder us. Which is a good segue that a week from today, the second day of the month of Er, when the Hebrew month of Er on uh, the Rosh Chodesh, the new month is on f- this coming Friday and Shabbos. So we'll be singing Hallel again next Shabbos in Shul. And Sunday, the second day of year, is the birthday of the fourth Chabad Rebbe, the Rebbe Marash. And he was known for saying a famous statement, We've talked about it often on this show, that a person, when they have a stumbling block, when they have a challenge in front of them, <clears throat> There's times that you you know, you know, think you want to fight with it, you want to tackle it. And he says, right from the beginning, jump right over it. Jump over any obstacle that's in your way. Jump right over it. And I feel that this pilot truly port- represented that ideal of taking challenges, not only jumping over it, <clears throat> excuse me, but using the challenges to better his own life and the lives of many others. But that wasn't it. He spoke beautifully. And when he was done, for the first time in almost 20 years, 17 years since it happened, the medic who actually saved his life, pulled him out of the fiery helicopter, was brought on stage, and they met for the very first time. See, the medic took him to the hospital back when he pulled him out of the fire and visited the hospital and met the parents one time while they were, you know, standing with him, staying with him while he was in a coma. But he never actually met him awake. And this was the first time after 17 years 
where they met each other and they met and embraced on stage. It was a, a beautiful, beautiful moment. And uh, the leaders of our group gave them both, um, besides the accolades, but gave them both uh, an award. And then after that, that wasn't a highlight enough, after that, Rachi and I got a chance to meet up with him privately and chat with him um, one-on-one. So there were many, many highlights throughout the trip. And if you speak to anybody on the trip, each one will have a different highlight that they'll tell you. But I think the mo- the best highlight of all, for me, oh wait, I can't forget another one. During the trip, we you know there were a couple times that we went out as a group we went out to eat dinner together at a restaurant, and um, one of the times the group bought us, uh, a, you know, a cake, a dessert. I think it was an ice cream, um, with a little sparkler in it in honor of our anniversary, which was really beautiful. So I was at each of these dinners that we'd go out as our just our Milford group. We'd go around the table and everybody would talk about, you know, maybe something that they were inspired or something that they uh, found to be the best event that day or up until that day. And to me, the highlight of the trip was listening to those conversations. You see, we all have our own journey made up of our own experiences in life. Two people can go to the same place and have a completely different experience. And sometimes, or most times, people just take their own experiences and say, okay, that was it. That's what happened. I loved it. I hated it. I was inspired. I don't know what the opposite of inspired. It's definitely not expired, but whatever the opposite is, when you can sit with a group of people that have experienced the same experience as you, but in a different way. So to one person, they'll tell me that the highlight was going to the Western Wall, the place where Jews have gone for thousands of years. And another person's most inspirational moment was seeing the Iron Dome, a real live Iron Dome. See, because in the course of our trip, we visited a kibbutz at the border between where Israel and Gaza, well, the border which is now, uh, Gaza, which is now a, a hotbed of terrorism and rockets, they send rockets to rain down on Israel daily. So near the border, they have these, I think they call them batteries, rocket batteries. They actually, it's called Kippat Barzel, Iron Dome, but a kippah is also a yarmulke. Right? In Hebrew, you say a yarmulke is a kippah. And it basically is, is a way of, of blocking any rocket that might land um, in a populated area. It's an amazing system that was uh, produced by the Israelis and funded mostly by us uh, Americans. And it was a joint effort between the two. And it saves lives. It's unbelievable. And you hear about it. I'm sure you hear about it because you hear about the rockets that rain down. And as Jews, our minds and hearts are always with the people of Israel. And you hear about these, this, this Iron Dome, this Kippat Barzel, and then you get to see it. We saw it. We didn't see it in use, Baruch Hashem. But we saw an actual one with the, you know, the, uh, where they have that little booth nearby 
with a um, control it. And to that, somebody, that was a, a person's most inspirational moment. So each of us have been there and each of us had different experiences. And to me, hearing everyone's experiences was my highlight of the entire trip. So there you have it. That's, in short, the goings-on of what happened in Israel. I, I mean, I can go on for hours, for days, just talking about each of the different events, places we went to, and the events we had, and the people we met, you know, meeting people from the Milford area in Israel. It's exciting. We met Josh Stramer. Many of you know uh, know that, uh, him and his family. We met Dvorah Shandel, uh Bruce. She was in Israel at that time. Mazel tov to her and to uh, Yaakov Meir. Uh, the birth of their grandson, to AJ, who's living in Israel and Yerushalayim. So there's so much we can talk about and uh, with the, the trip to Israel. But I'll, I'll suffice it with what I said till now. And I'll jump right into Pesach. Pesach, beautiful. We had two seders, loads of people, really exciting, um, delicious, delicious food, out-of-this-world food. Uh, between the briskets and the kugels and the, the salmon, all the uh, unbelievable um, food that Rachi pulled together for the Seder nights. And the entire Passover was really joyous for me personally, and I think for the community as a whole, having all the Kievman kids home is very special. It's really nice to be able to you know see everybody, chat, and you know figure out what's going on in everyone's lives for real. You know because we talk all the time. There's phones, there's WhatsApp, there's text. There's all different ways of connecting. But there's nothing like sitting around on the couches in the schlounge and just uh, you know um, uh, uh, the kids call it shoving the bull, just sitting around and talking about what's going on in each of their lives and where they're holding and what's going on next and what's going to be next and just. Just hanging out was really, really beautiful. Yes, going out together was nice, uh, but hanging out was uh, really special. And that all was a precursor for the grand finale, the final soiree that we had for Passover, the Mashiach's Suda, the meal of Mashiach, the meal fit for a king, the meal that takes the entire experience of Passover and condenses it for us to understand that it's really all about the future. The past has to teach us about the future. If we're not ready to go to the future than the past, learning about the past is, could be look like that it's worthless. So it's really, really special that a packed house of people came together to talk, fabring, eat matzah, drink wine, four cups of wine, dance, and celebrate the imminent coming of Mashiach. May it happen now. Now I promised over the course of the last couple of weeks since the Rebbe's birthday, which was on the 11th day of Nisan, just before Pesach, we started a new song to a new, a new chapter of Tehillim. The Rebbe's new chapter is chapter 122. And we started and we, we put a, you know, a tune to it and Many people are just getting to learn. It's a great tune. So I found a couple of uh, clips um, with the music of this tune. So I'll play it now, and maybe I'll play a couple more so you just get the hang of this great tune. Now, the, some of them have actually words in it, but it's not the words that we're singing when we read the chapter of Tehillim. Okay, I, I'm, I'm probably getting ahead of myself. 
some of you who don't know this, every day we recite a special chapter of Tillim in honor of the Rebbe's age. And each year it goes up by one chapter at the Rebbe's birthday. Recently, at Chabad of Milford, we started this kind of custom that every Shabbos we say it, but instead of just saying it, we find a tune that fits with the words of the entire chapter and we sing it all together. And every year it's a whole to-do because you know the, the, the kids come up with a tune and then there's a whole discussion about which tune is the best tune to use. And then we get up and we start singing it and we'll inevitably get the comment like, oh man, I just got used to the old tune and now you're coming up with a new tune. But we always come up with good tunes and it's beautiful because it enhances the entire service. The Shabbos service is a very lively service at Chabad. And it gets enhanced when we have new parts to sing to new beautiful tunes. So this year, being the year of Hakel, the year of gathering Jews together, the boys chose a song, a tune from a song, that is, that talks about Hakel. It's from the, it uses the verses from the Torah about the Jews getting together for Hakel in temple times. And every single Jew, men, women, and children, would come together in Jerusalem to celebrate Hakel. And, and the song used the words, Hakel Esa'am, gathered together the Jews, Anashim, Nashim, Etaf, men, women, and children, and those, even the invalid, would come to Jerusalem to celebrate the special gathering that happened once every seven years. So the boys chose that tune to use for the chapter of Tehillim for this year. And I'm going to play that tune so some of them will actually have words to the Hakel song. But just listen to the tune and get uh, into it. Here we go.
Yesterday on Shabbos, we had a beautiful Kiddush and Fabringen. It was nice to be back to the regular Kiddush that we always had. You know, Pesach, we have a nice Kiddush. And especially recently, Rachi's been putting out really beautiful foods. But I don't know, it's something about Pesach. People come, they sit down for a few minutes, they eat something and they go. But then we have the regular Shabbos Kiddush that we have every Shabbos after our lively services. Usually it's sponsored by someone in the community in honor of a birthday or a yard site or anniversary. Some reason someone sponsors it. And yesterday's was sponsored in honor of uh, the uh, Roz Bruce's uh, father's yard site. A beautiful, beautiful kiddish. Roz spoke eloquently about her father. Very, very inspiring. So, I, I, you know, usually I get up to say a few words just to get the Fabrengen rolling. And uh, this week, part of the wonderfulness of having all the kids home, we have Mushki, uh, our daughter Mushki, and, and her husband Shmuli, and their baby, Chana Munitz, who were here uh, ready since before. They actually came when we went to Israel. They were kind enough to come in and step in into our shoes to uh, run uh, the Chabad House Jewish Center while we went gallivanting around uh, the world, first to France and to Israel. And then they stayed for Pesach and they're here now. It's really beautiful. But, but the trouble that anyone who does any speaking knows that if you get up to speak and your uh, competition is a one-year-old baby, you have no chance. There's no chance that anyone's going to listen to you. So I had I prepared a beautiful... Um, comment about something that was recently discovered. I'll tell it to you. I'm going to tell it to you here today. But I didn't get to say it all because uh, of the competition that uh, Hana uh, put up. It was a fierce uh, competition, but I had no chance to win. Anyway, so, you know, everyone obviously is looking at the baby and listening to her uh, gooey and guy, including me. While I was talking, I just started looking at her. Anyway, so so I wanted to tell you a little bit about a manuscript that was just recently found about two weeks ago. It was a manuscript of a 1916 sermon which was delivered by the Rebbe's father, Rebbe Levi Yitzchak Schneerson, who was the chief rabbi of Yekaterinoslav. Now it's known as Dnepr. You may have heard about it because it's a fairly big city in Ukraine. And this was uh, discovered recently and, and published for the very first time. And the content of this sermon, given back in 1916, <clears throat> more than 100 years ago, on one hand is very painful, but on the other hand is really uplifting. And most importantly, that sermon that the Rebbe's father gave has an empowering message for us right here and now. So what was going on in 1916 Russia? You know, Russia was part of the, you know, was fighting in the First uh, World War. And every military-aged man, which at least then was 18 to 45, was forcibly, um, what's it called? I think it's called conscripted. They were forcibly taken to serve in the army. Now, for a Jewish person, as I mentioned yesterday, serving in the Russian army was almost a, a guaranteed death sentence. Because anti-Semitism in the Tsar's army 
was a bigger threat that you might be killed by a fellow soldier than killed by an enemy bullet. And now if you evaded the draft, that was punishable also. It was punishable by death. So it was almost like you were, uh, every Jewish male was put between a rock and a hard place. And throughout the Tsar's kingdom, maybe, I don't know what you would call it, it wasn't the Soviet Union yet, so it was probably the Tsar's kingdom, hundreds of thousands of Jewish men simply went into hiding. And they went into hiding. They, it couldn't just go away for a few days. You had to go into hiding for months. And that caused chaos and disruption within Jewish communal and, and family life. There were no husbands, fathers, sons. All were hiding away. And in that year, in 1916, on the Shabbos before Pesach, the Rebbe's father spoke about a very famous paragraph in the Haggadah which discusses the obligation to commemorate Exodus every day. And the, Re- the Rebbe's father was brilliant, a Kabbalist and a brilliant man. He had the ability to extract relevance, not just from the obvious things, but he extracted re- relevance for us and meaning for things and details that are often overlooked. Oftentimes, simply from the names of the sages who are being quoted. And he used that to inspire the Jews of that time to celebrate that year, Pesach, with a hope for a better future. So you know that that saying about when to to, um, speak about the Exodus is written by Rabbi Elazar Ben Azariah, right? And he was young and he looked like he was 70. And he finds out from Ben Zoma, Ben Zoma teaches from a teaching in the, in the uh, words of the Torah that you have to not only speak about Egypt during the daytime, but also where it says all the days of our lives, all the extra word, all the days of our lives. And I'm not talking about a... Uh, soap opera here, but the extra word where it says all the days of our lives teaches us that you also have to study, uh, t- talk about the exodus from Egypt at night. And then there are the sages who say that when it says the words the days of our life, it refers to the present day world that we talk about the exodus from Egypt. And the fact that the Torah adds the word all, all the days of our lives indicates the inclusion of the days of Mashiach. And that's the paragraph that we read right there in the beginning of the Seder. And you all, you've done that. If you've been at a Seder, you read that paragraph. And here's where uh, the beautiful ta- tapestry that the Rebbe's father weaves together. Firstly, he takes the name of the sage who tells over this whole thing. The one who said he was like a man of 70 years old. His name was Elazar ben Azariah. Elazar, the name Elazar, and his father's name Azariah, both mean the help of God. El Azar, Azar means to help, and El is God's name, and Azar, yeah, is also help of God. Now any surviving Jewish man who was able to celebrate Pesach that year together with his family was only able to do so because they had God's help. However, because of the experiences 
that they had hiding away from the Tsar's soldiers over the long winter months just in order to evade the draft, every one of them was able to say, I am like a man of 70 years old. The trauma that they went through, the suffering that they endured, were etched in their wrinkled faces of even the 18-year-old men who had to run away. And so they asked themselves, Will I succeed in mentioning the Exodus during the night? In other words, how can we celebrate the Exodus from Egypt that Pesach in 1916 as a genuine experience of freedom when there's so much unbearable and unspeakable darkness all around us? And Reblevik, as he was known, continued and he answered, it can be found in the name of Ben Zoma, which is the teacher. The teaching comes from the sage Ben Zoma. Zoma is etymologically connected to the word for deep thought. And this sage Ben Zoma was known for his exceptional um, ability to meditate. And he says you should meditate and remember the day you left Egypt. You see, the exile that our ancestors went through and endured in Egypt was so debilitating. It was so suffocating that until the very end, no matter what, they saw the miracles, but until the very end, it almost seemed like it was an impossibility. It felt like it was an impossibility. It was so hard and so tough and so backbreaking that they couldn't even imagine the fact that they'd be able to be redeemed from Egypt. And yet, when God's salvation came, it came in the blink of an eye. In the blink of an eye, the darkness of night turned into um, beautiful daylight. So too, Reblevik told them, don't allow the darkness of the war and persecution to extinguish your hope for a bright and a better future. And he continued that the concluding sentence in the paragraph was a quote from the sages. And they say, you want to really know about God's salvation? And they say the words, all the days of your life, I'm sorry, from the days of, the li- of your life we learn that you have to speak about Exodus in the present day world. But that and the additional word all gives us an opportunity to welcome the days of Mashiach. When we, when we realize, and not just realize, but we appreciate that every mitzvah that we do, every good deed, every act of goodness and kindness that we do actually brings the world closer to the promise of Mashiach, to the revelation of Mashiach, then we can celebrate the festival of freedom with an attitude of real freedom. Freedom that transcends all forms of challenges and limitations which are imposed upon us by the circumstances that are there around us. And we can bring the gift of freedom not just to ourselves, Rather, as the sages tell us, to the days of Mashiach, to the days of light and, and wholesomeness and unity and peace and tranquility 
that the entire world is waiting for with the coming of Mashiach. So, although today, in 2023, it's not like 1916, we can hardly relate to the realities of Jewish persecution in Tsarist Russia during World War I. But Reblevik's sermon gives us the ability to apply the spirit of Pesach to the entire year. Now we're, we're just three days away from Pesach. We're just coming hours already since the meal of Mashiach. And Reblevik's sermon empowers us with the knowledge that we are active players in actualizing the prophecies of Mashiach. We can bring about a world where peace and tranquility reigns forever. And how? As we talked about at Mashiach Meal, which by the way, at the Mashiach Meal was really beautiful. Every one of the, the kids, I'm going to say besides Mushki, because Shmuley took her place, every one of the kids spoke one part, one idea, to bring the entire idea of the meal of Mashiach to a crescendo, which is that not only by us adding an act of goodness and kindness will bring Mashiach, but really we have an obligation to share it with others. And every single one of us could and should reach out to another Jew and offer them to do a mitzvah. Offer them to get involved in this project of transfer, transforming this world into a world of beauty and goodness. It's really up to us. Many of the people at the Mashiach Meal took, on, uh, took upon themselves a new mitzvah. And, and you, whether you are at the meal or not, you can still do it. It's not too late. Today's a better day than, than any. or As good as any. But it's definitely better because if you didn't do it yesterday, today's the best day to do it. To take upon yourself to start doing a mitzvah. Start doing an act of goodness and kindness that you haven't done before. Or one that you've been doing before, but haven't been doing it in the perfect way. Decide to do that now. And more importantly, reach out to another Jew. And offer them to do a mitzvah. Simple. If you already have a Shabbos meal, invite them over for a Shabbos meal. If you didn't yet make a hakel gathering, Set up a hakel gathering and invite Jews to come to your hakel gathering. You might give tzedakah, but maybe inspire someone else to start giving a coin to tzedakah every day or reciting the Shema. Find a mitzvah or light the Shabbos candles. Maybe you're doing it, maybe you're not yet. You do it and find somebody else. One, not a hundred. One other person that you can ask and try to inspire them to do the mitzvah too. Because when we share this one to the other, we're guaranteed to change the world immediately. And now, one more uh, musical piece of uh, the tune for the new chapter of Tehillim.
Okay, before we go, if you didn't yet, guys, grab a yarmulke, put it on your head. Um, and everyone, please take your right hand, cover your eyes, and let's say together. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, Baruch, Shem, Kivod, Malchuso, Le'olam, Va'ed. If you have some coins to give to charity, please get your handy charity box. I always have some coins sitting here on my desk. So every time we get together, we can always give tzedakah. And by giving tzedakah, we make this day and week a more charitable week. So give some tzedakah. If you don't have a pushka, reach out to me. I'll get you a pushka. And finally, if you have a drink, you've been waiting all this time to make a blessing and to drink, please join together with me. Baruch Ata Adenai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Shehakol Nihiyah Bidvaro. Ladies and gentlemen, it was really wonderful to be back on the air with you guys. Thank you for joining, and I look forward to doing this again. And in the meantime, I'll tell you, this is the week, guys, when the month of Nisan, we can make it happen. Remember, your next deed will change the world. So make it a good one and bring Mashiach now. You've been listening to Sunday Schmooze with Rabbi Mendy Kievman from the Chabad House Jewish Community Center on Cedar Street in Milford. For more information on the Chabad House, including upcoming events, adult programs, Hebrew school, and more, visit gotchabad.com. That's G-O-T-C-H-A-B-A-D.com. Shalom.
Hebben we al die mensen in de bad? 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 Hebben we al die mensen